Hello and welcome to Masters of Divinity. I'm your moderator, JP, and I'm here with Father Chuck. Hey, what's going on? Uh, Matt is, at, at the moment, absent. Uh, he could come crashing into, into the window, uh, Foot Clan style, any minute now. Yeah, that loose cannon, that one. Loose cannon. <laughs> or, or not. Not at all. I don't know. Uh, but he might make it, he may not. Keep Unpredictable it. Matt. That's his name. Unpredictable Matt. Ever since he joined that police academy, very sneaky. Anyway, I am here, and we are recording uh, after Fourth of July weekend. We took a small break. Sorry if you if you missed us. We didn't exactly announce it. Uh, yeah, you know, I, you know, what we should have done JP yeah. if it wouldn't have gotten us in trouble is we should have released an episode, but we should have just put um, Lee Greenwood's um, um, and I'm proud to be an American on like an hour long loop. <laughs> uh, that would be funny. Or uh, a special podcast from Sad Burns McQuaid. Oh, that would have been great. <laughs> a little little reappearance of sideburns there. If you don't get it, uh, look it up. Um, Hold up. Sir. Yep. Uh, so, Chuck, how was your Fourth uh, of July? It was. It was actually lovely. We had a. Lo- I had a lovely Fourth of July. We um, we started the morning by um, meeting up with Keelan, friend of the friend of the show, Keelan, um, at the fantastic Jupiter Donut. Um, Ooh, to, to, to partake of, yeah, of just the excellent, excellent donuts. And then, um, we, and then the evening, um, we did a little, um, church gathering. We, um, did a service of evening prayer um, because Independence Day is also a feast day in the Episcopal church. So we have readings and stuff appointed for that. So we did, um, a little, little evening prayer service at the church followed by a cookout. We had brats and burgers and potluck and which is great. And then we, um, one of the, a couple of the parks near us here at the church, um, do big fireworks show so we um we we ascended the bleachers at the football field here at saint andrew's school and as a church community we watched the fireworks on a, on the bleachers nice and it was it was just really nice and my son charlie gave very lively commentary to everything that was happening um we learned about which um which color fireworks were his favorite color um and the shapes of them and and all of that it was it was very entertaining but it was just a nice just really just kind of old fashioned, yeah. Kind of church gathering Fourth of July celebration. It's, it's, it felt really good, and which is interesting for me because I don't know if we're going to talk about this at all, but I know in like last year's episode, you know, we uh, when we talked about the, the Fourth of July, we um, we hinted at our sort of complicated relationships with patriotism and, and celebrations, and this this year felt really good for for me. That's good. It was just a good, just it it, it just it made me it made me proud to be an American. <laughs> That's what it's all about. Um, I also had a pretty good uh, for the July. I started off, of course, by celebrating my birthday. Yay! He's uh, uh, finally, finally, he's sixteen. <laughs> well, uh, twenty-six, but who's counting? <laughs> um, uh, no, it was good. Uh, birthday got, got I got a haircut. I see uh, that. I'm no longer uh, long hair, JP. Even though I will say my my long luscious hair. Not not against it, not opposed to it, but sometimes it just gets too hot. Well, hey, I mean, you're you're you know you're out in the fields, you're farming. That long hair gets in the way. <laughs> yeah, it does. It it really does. <laughs> um, and then uh, you know, my 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 cousins wanted to celebrate my birthday with me, uh, kind of low key, and uh, I got to watch whatever movie I wanted to watch. So I watched <laughs> a movie that uh, I I doubt anyone who is listening has seen or or you have even seen. Chuck, uh, it's called Freaked. Have you heard of it? 
I think I have actually. Really? It stars Alex Winter, uh, Bill from Bill and Ted, and he actually even uh, wrote it and co-directed it. And yes. He this... plays an actor who goes down to South America and he finds Randy Quaid, who's turning people into mutants and putting them on his freak show. Is this the one? Does it feature? Does it feature like monster eyeballs? Yes, or... giant, giant Rastafarian the, eyeballs. The Rastafari eyes. They're, they're called I and I. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that movie. Really? Yes. That's amazing. We watched it, and I I haven't really seen it in a really long time. Like I I, I first discovered it when I when I lived here when I was a little kid, and me and my cousins would watch it. And we're like, what is this bizarre movie? And we thought it was hilarious. I it watched was, it again. Still hilarious. It's a strange. It's a strange and funny movie. And that whole bit with like, that whole joke of like, I just I, I laugh at the at the I and I the Rastafari eyes because <laughs> yeah. the whole like I just they're, they're like Selassie. <laughs> that Sakwala holds man. Um, <laughs> there, it's it's a great movie. Uh, we didn't. We actually had to pirate it because it's like not available anywhere. I found that it's like on YouTube, but it's actually really good quality on YouTube. Um, but I won't just look it up. It's fun. It's funny. It's like, it really is like a, like adult swim type humor before adult swim even existed. Yeah, totally. And, uh, it's a lot of fun. And we, so we watched that and that was good nostalgic fun. And then 4th of July, we actually had a, uh, we had a weenie roast. Uh, we built a bonfire okay. and we made, made hot dogs and s'mores. And then we, uh, and, and, in true country fashion, we bought our own fireworks <laughs> Yeah, you, you. So, listeners, John Post sent to um, our little um, Facebook message, private message thread, photos of this arsenal of fireworks that they acquired, <laughs> um, and um, you know, it's it's actually pretty interesting. Um, um, you guys don't know this, but um, the, the so the intelligence community saw it, and they they were under the impression that North Korea had sent off this thing, <laughs> um, and really it was just the fireworks that JP was setting. That's off. just that's just Oklahoma fireworks, folks. It's not North Korea. Come on. <laughs> but one of the things that you had was his alien head. You never told me what it did. Yeah, I was really excited because I saw this alien head. Like perfect. It, it and it's a, it was just a fountain. Oh, like I was, but I mean, I knew it was a fountain when I was buying it, but I thought it would have like, it would have to be like a cool, brilliant green spooky fountain, but it was just like a regular or like some kind of spiral. Oh, that's okay. Well, it was all right, but it was just a cool alien head. I liked it. (laughs) Um, yeah, we only had one, (laughs) one incident, (laughs) which is is pretty good. (laughs) A moment where my, my cousin was kind of downfield preparing something. And then my, my little nephew, David, is 16 years old. Not so little. We're turning 17 in a month. Uh, he's not used to doing fireworks with the family. And he had one of those fireworks that's like, it looks like a big pill with like with like propellers on it, you know, those spinny things. Oh, right. Yeah. He wanted to do the thing where he lit and threw it like what teenagers want to do. They just want to throw fireworks. Or or college students. Yeah. And so he lit it and like he, he, he hesitated. I'm like, throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. And he accidentally threw it at my cousin. <laughs> um, yeah, and that was uh, that was pretty bad, but it was okay. Everyone's everyone's fine. It was fine. What is what is, just... what is it with you and your family and and, and all this? Because I mean, there's a video somewhere, listeners, of uh, JP and I setting on fire. I think we talked about this before. Yeah. But you know, JP um, shot himself with a Roman candle, and it was amazing. <laughs> Amazing. I don't know. I should probably stop doing and I, this. I should probably. And I filmed st- it. I filmed it happening, and somewhere he has the video, and somewhere we have to put this 
on our media somewhere because it is, it was one of the finest nights of my life. Maybe the best 4th of July that I've ever been a part of. <laughs> it's, um, I don't know. I should, I should probably stop doing this. Like something, something is going to happen eventually. We do this every year. I buy Forex every year and there's, there's probably something that kind of goes wrong. I'm waiting for something to really, really go wrong one day. And what's funny is we live next to the, to a, we live, we live next to a firehouse <laughs> And like on Fourth of July, we heard sirens all day, back and forth. Oh man, all day. I, so, so it's Oklahoma, uh, man, that's the beyond the so, country fireworks. So I was a so you know um, I had to be a hospital chaplain for a summer when I was um, when I was going through seminary, yeah. and um, all of us had different on calls that we had to be like on call overnight, and I remember my first day when I got my assignments for like my floors that I was working on. And one of my floors was the burn ICU. Yeah. And I just remember crossing my fingers, hoping that I didn't have to work on 4th of July. Oh yeah. And it lucked out that they gave all the cha- all the, uh, all the, like the seminary student chaplains 4th of July off, which is nice. Cause I was like, man, I would, <laughs> I would, it would be a long night. Yeah, dude. Oh yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that and they had definitely had one of those moments where a, a fireworks suddenly did something unpredictable. Uh, it was actually one of my favorite fireworks are like these little rockets and they have these little plastic fins and like they're, they kind of, you just light them and they shoot up and they, um, this one just happened to go sideways just because Fine. and like, <laughs> I'm glad it decided to go sideways and not toward my family. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like, well, I guess that was defective. So... Yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe just you know, snakes, man. Just get the little snakes. So just stick to snakes and sparklers. Yeah, dude. And 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 snappers. <laughs> the first, the, oh, I love snappers. I'm throwing snappers at people. It freaks them out. <laughs> the kids love snappers. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I, you know, I'm thinking back. I think I'm gonna. I think I'll stop. <laughs> I think that's it. <laughs> I think that the little ones can can take it from here. <laughs> I think I'm done before something bad happens. Okay, so that was uh, for the July. Is there, have you watched anything lately or read anything lately that, uh, well, um, I, well, two things. One is I, I mentioned, um, last podcast, I think that I was going to engage in this like summer book group with my church with this book called the Benedict option. Oh yeah, that's right. And, um, actually just, um, just before I started recording this podcast, I had, we had our first book book group and it was lively. Yeah. Um, cause we have a very, a very ideologically and politically diverse group of people discussing and reading this book. And so it was very, very interesting. Um, and it never got heated, which is great, but it was very lively and animated. Um, and I, and at the end of the thing, I, I joked that I said, you know, I'm pretty sure this might be the bravest or the, the, the riskiest thing that I've ever done at this church. And one of the, and one of my parishioners said, you're, you, you are courageous <laughs> for having us go through this. So that's been, so that's been, you know, on the forefront. Um, other than that, um, um, Moana, I finally watched Moana and uh, cause it's now on Netflix for free or well, not for free. I mean, you have to pay for Netflix, but it's on Netflix streaming and, um, and it's, uh, it's a delightful movie. I really enjoy it. Um, I've, I've, and because Charlie wanted to watch it. So we've seen it probably like seven times at this point. Um, cause that's what kids do. They watch it over and over, but no, it's just, it's a great, it's a great movie. And I'll probably end up talking about it when we talk about our topic this evening. Yeah. Um, and then finally, I'm still on the I'm still on Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. And the uh and the expansion the expansion just came out. 
So I bought the expansion. um, And I, so this is cool, JP. So the expansion is this thing called the trial of the sword, which is a survival mode game. It's 45 levels. If you die, you have to start over from the beginning, but you start out with no weapons, no armor, all you have are the hearts you've earned and like these runes that you have, which helps a little bit because it gives you unlimited bombs and stuff. But you have to then go through each level of this fighting enemies of progressive difficulty. And the thing about Zelda, about Breath of the Wild, is that all of your weapons have a durability point. Like they break after a while. So you actually have to like strategize on how you're using your weapons in fighting all these bad guys. And it, it, it just it changes it. It makes it a whole different game. So that's been a lot of fun. So... Kane and I um, were playing that last night. I got to like level 11 and then I died wow. and had to, and was right square at the beginning. And I said, you know what? I'm not, not, not anymore tonight. <laughs> so, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty awesome. And yes, so Zelda breath of the wild is definitely still the, uh, the obsession of my time right now. I need to play this game. Yeah, dude. I got to get it like right away. Apparently. Oh, it's, it's, uh, it's so good. Nice. Um, what about you, John Post? What are you watching in other than, other than, uh, other than freaked? Can I talk about things I haven't watched yet and like really want to, but I can't sure. broke. Like <laughs> I haven't seen baby driver yet. Oh man. I haven't seen it either. And uh, it's, it's, this is the longest I've gone without seeing an Edgar Wright movie. What was in theaters, and it's it's really depressing, and I need to see it like right away. And as we're speaking, Chuck, uh, I believe Spider Man Homecoming is premiering. Maybe that's yes. where Matt is. He's probably seen Spider Man. <laughs> He's probably watching Spider Man as we speak. That's uh, right. Spider Man, want to see it? Um, the Big Sick is a movie I really want to see that will probably yes. never come to my town. Uh, that the Kumail Nanjiani movie about he and his relationship with uh, Emily Gordon. Yeah, it'll be on Netflix in due time, though. Yeah, and also uh, the horror movie. Um, it comes. It comes out at night. This is another movie I have not seen and, and really want to see. Uh, but oh, but I did see. I did finally watch Okja. Oh, okay. Uh, that was really good, and I highly recommend it. It's uh, directed by uh, Bong Joon Ho, uh, who directed Snowpiercer a couple years right. ago, a movie I loved. Uh, and it's it's sort of about like this um, this mega corporation genetically modifies these uh, animals called super pigs, and it's it's kind of like a mix between like a pig and like a like a hippopotamus, and also sort of kind of a dog because it's so cute. And um, what they have this competition where they uh, place a super pig in twenty six different farms all over the world. And uh, they're going to choose, like, who who did the best job of, like, raising this pig. And they pick this one. It's in Japan. And this little girl has kind of helped raise it with her grandfather. And their secret was that they just let it run around. And they just loved it and kept it as a pet. And so the mega corporation is trying to bring it back to America, to the United States. And the girl, little girl is, like, chasing after them. But there's also this other subplot with, like, the uh, this uh, organization called the Animal Liberation Front. And they're trying to, like, help her, but also, like, kind of meet their own, you know, do their own thing where they're trying to. They're, in the way, they're they're also kind of exploiting the, the the super pig. 
Oh, good for, good for them taking the ALF people down a notch. Yeah, but it's also but they're also still kind of the good guys. And they, they it's 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 actually it's it's really good. Check it out. It's on Netflix. It's one of those Netflix only movies. Um, it's fun times. Bong cool. Juno is I think I think he's uh he's like a. Uh, a lot of people call him like the next Steven Spielberg. Interesting. Uh, and not like you know how they call J.J. Abrams the next Steven Spielberg or anything, but like actually like like a really great director who injects a lot of heart and makes you feel for this little computer generated pig, super pig. So, yeah, I've been seeing like I've seen that thing previewed um, like when I go on Netflix and stuff. So I've been really I've been curious to check it out. It's it sounds like like a preachy you know pro vegan type movie, but it really isn't. Um, I mean, there's nothing. There's nothing wrong with being pro vegan. <laughs> yeah, I father know. Father fun. I'm just father fun. I'm just. I'm giving you. I'm. 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. To protect if, you. if people are turned <laughs> off, I, I know that nobody <laughs> likes to be yelled at about what they eat, especially in America. Right. Especially by a foreigner. Uh, but it, it's it's not. It's more like something a vegan would like to watch. Is it? Is it? Is it a family movie? Not really. I mean. Okay. So it's not like. It's it's kind of. Uh, is it like Babe? No, because like, I know Babe's like a family, but dark because George it's Miller. Got some dark. language in it, and they actually kind of show them like killing the super pigs and stuff. And, oh, okay, so so not not something to watch with Charlie. Gotcha. No, I wouldn't watch it with little kids. It's kind of it can get kind of intense. Okay. Yeah, it's it's more for adults. I mean, like you said, he made Snowpiercer, so I figured it. it yeah. You know. Yeah, but it's it's a good movie. I loved it. Um, though I'm sure I would also really love. Baby Driver and Spider Man, but whatever, we'll, <laughs> we'll get there. I've been okay. trying to watch Moana. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think it's an animation thing. Maybe it's just not my thing. But uh, I've tried on two separate occasions, and I just kind of get I get a little bored. Oh, I just but, I don't understand. I really don't understand that. But hey, you know what? I'm not gonna. I, we're not gonna be. We're not gonna be those people where it's like there's something wrong with you. If you don't like the thing I like. I realize I'm in the minority because all my f- favorite film critics and film journalists watch it. And they all say they love it. I'm the only person that's like can't. I just can't do it. Oh man, the music is fantastic. I, I watched it once and I bought the soundtrack. Oh really? Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it is, it's Lin Manuel Miranda and this, the the one like uh, popular song that's on it. The the one that she sings. Uh, yeah, the how far I'll go, the, yeah. the sort of yeah, that's really good, and of course the rock is great and everything he does. Um, yes, but ah, oh, yeah, dude, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta. I, I mean, I can. It takes a while for you to get to the rock, you know, or to get to Dwayne Johnson, um, yeah. Maui. He's the character Maui. I keep using his real name. Um, it's uh, it, 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 he's not like the almost the first act of the movie. He's right. not in it, um, but that's you know it, but. It's it's a it's a really good movie, man. It's like it's it's just you got to take it all in. It's beautiful. The uh, music is ah oh, just okay. Well, at some point you'll watch it, and hopefully you'll thank me. Hopefully, I can say you're welcome. It's a, <laughs> it's a joke from the movie. Oh, that's right. Oh yeah, that because that's the song. Not yeah, sings. Yeah, good one. Good one. I made it up to the the part where they fight the coconuts. Oh, that part's great, and then, and then you get, and then you you get to the part with Jermaine, where Jermaine Clement's character is in it, and that that's also good. Oh, I didn't know he was in that movie. Okay. Yeah, hmm. every actor in that movie, except for Alan Tudyk, is um, is 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 some form of Polynesian native. Oh, okay. Because uh, then... Jermaine Clement is is part Maori. Oh, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, I thought he was just a white boy from New Zealand. 
Nope. He's like his like mom's Maori or something like that, or Maori, however you pronounce it. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. And Alan Tudyk is in it, and Alan Tudyk does the voice of the chicken hey hey. Oh, really? <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> cool. Well, yeah, I guess I'll have to finish it. I don't know. Maybe it's just uh maybe I'm just in a different headspace. I, I I really need to see Baby Driver. Okay. That's like that's I have to see this movie. But I mean, well, you will eventually, JP. I know, I know, I will. I know. I will. There's no way I can miss an Edgar Wright movie. There's it's no not way. like it's not like it's Jay Z's new album, which is a title exclusive, All right. which actually has 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 resonance with what we're talking about today. Does it? Yeah, because we're talking. Don't, we'll go tell the listeners what we're talking about. We're talking about forgiveness today. Forgiveness. Um, that's Eagles. <laughs> sorry. Um, only only good Eagles song. But no, uh, 444, uh, Jay-Z's new album, um, he admits the fact that he cheated on Beyonce, and which is like sort of the subject of Lemonade. And it's, uh, it's um, it, and it's, you know, she helped produce it. So it's like, it's dealing with him asking for forgiveness, and there's forgiveness is, is sort of the background of it. And that's really why I want to listen to it, actually. Interesting. Yeah. I didn't know that. I have, I have not been following the, uh, the saga of, of Jay-Z and, and Beyonce. I actually have not either. I just, for some reason, I just caught something about a story about the new album caught my attention, and now, and now I'm like, I really want, I really want to listen to this thing because it's, because it's it's rare, it's rare to see in like in music things like this kind of stuff, like this kind of honesty and this kind of personal. I mean, like music is obviously very like honest and personal and deep and, and all that, and um, but like to sort of see to sort of see like a, like a couple that's sort of like a power couple in our society, in our, in our culture, yeah. just sort of like kind of wear it on their sleeve a little bit. And like, that's a pretty amazing, I think for, for the testimony of marriage that it's not just like, Oh, he cheated on me. I'm leaving you like, you know, struggle, like working through problems and, and, and finding common ground. Like that's just, that's just cool to me and just rare. So that's why I'm fascinated by it. Okay. So we're talking about forgiveness in this episode, Charles, uh, what is what is forgiveness to you? What is forgiveness? Yeah, let's let's talk about it. Like let's 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 ask the hard questions about forgiveness. Let's not gloss over it like 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 some I don't know. I don't know. Like some show on TBN. <laughs> I mean, for, forgiveness is like you said it's tough. It's uh it's not our natural disposition. Um revenge is more our natural disposition, I think. Just getting back uh, at you, getting back at you, right? And like, and I gotta, I mean, and I think like as a Christian, right? It's it, we have to learn forgiveness because I mean, obviously Jesus forgave the people who murdered him, and but this is you know spoken of as though this is you know this is the world is better when we're forgiving people, and there's truth to that. Um, it's more than just a nice idea. Like there's truth to the fact that when we do forgive, it, it, it's it's better, and. And it's, and it's countercultural in some ways. I mean, because like, you know, not to get, not to, I mean, to risk talking a little bit polit- about politics, but you know, our president has made numerous statements about how he doesn't forgive people. You know, if people hurt him, he hits back ten times harder. That's the thing that he said over and over again. Um, and I, and, and you know, and I understand that it's that's a natural inclination um, for us. But you know, forgiveness is it's harder and it's bigger. Um, and I think. I mean, on one hand, I think we sometimes think of forgiveness as sort of just letting people off the hook yeah. of just like they say that you're just like, oh, I'm sorry. OK, well, whatever. Like that's not forgiveness. That's I don't know what that is, but that's not really forgiveness. Forgiveness. Forgiveness is, yes, people apologizing and accepting that apology 
and learning to live in such a way that that person's like the evil or, or the wrong or whatever that that person inflicted on you no longer, no longer defines you. Hmm. It's releasing. I mean, that's actually the, the, the language in the Bible is the language of release. Um, um, forgiveness is, is about, is about turning loose. Um, and so that sense of, that sense of release, that's forgiveness. It's not, it's more than just accepting an apology. It's, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a mindset. It's a spiritual state. Right. Um, you know, cause yeah, I, I can keep going, but that well, I think gets the point across. I think what's a, something interesting I've heard about forgiveness is that it's, it's kind of more about you than it is the person you're forgiving. It's yeah. something that, that's more beneficial to you than the person you're forgiving. Yeah. I mean, it's, some, I mean, it can also be beneficial to the person, but yeah, mo- in most cases it's, 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 it's very subjective mm-hmm. in, in that. Yeah. I mean, uh, to me, a, a great scene in a movie that sort of shows how it can affect another person is goodwill hunting. When, um, Robin Williams character tells Will, you know, it's okay. Right. That famous scene, you know, and it's just being, you know, having him told that it's, it's okay allows kind of brings him to a place of, of forgiveness. He's forgiving himself or for, you know, forgiving all these factors, whatever it is that's going on in his life. But, you know, it's someone else kind of bringing that on to him rather than him doing it himself. Right. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um, but, but yeah, yeah. But forgiveness is, is in most cases something that's, Oh, I hear the rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> rabbits, uh, rabbits drinking water. Yeah. Listeners. So occasionally you hear this clicking around in the background. Um, <laughs> we didn't acknowledge it a few episodes ago because uh, well, we did, but I think the, the bit got edited out, but there's a, where JP's recording, there was a, there was a live rabbit yeah. in a cage. There's actually two now. Oh, that's what well, that's right. They do multiply. Yeah. When you get them wet, they multiply. <laughs> and you're not to feed them after midnight. I think that's something else. And that we're always after midnight. I don't really get that rule, but whatever it works. um i definitely i mean i'll I'll go ahead and admit that that i'm having a very hard time forgiving certain people i wouldn't really say they're in my life anymore um which i guess kind of makes it easier for me not to forgive them but there are definitely uh i just i just can't you know like it's it's kind of it's kind of like i'm incapable of doing it a couple of people who have wronged me I could argue, JP, that because you haven't forgiven them, they are still in your life. I mean, that that's true. Like, I, I mean, I would say one of them does take up some real estate in my head. You know, uh, part it's part of a, a uh, like a insecure voice in my head that's you know kind of constantly judging me, and maybe that's just around because I'm just really mad at them for what they did to me. That was really horrible. Not to get personal or anything in this podcast. <laughs> hey, man, you know, it's good to get personal sometimes. And um, um, I, there's a story that I think of. I may have shared this on the podcast before, but it's still appropriate. Um, is um, there was a so a friend of a friend of mine um, from seminary. Um, he he was he knew a priest who had um, Archbishop Desmond Tutu come preach and celebrate um, at his church one Sunday. And so when Desmond Tutu arrived, um, the, the priest approached him and asked, you know, Bishop, is there anything that you need? And Tutu said, um, he said, well, the only thing I need is I need a place, you know, a quiet place to pray for an hour 
you know, you know, an hour of silence um, for uh, before before I say mass. And the guy says, oh, you can use my office. So he takes him up to his office, closes the door, lets him be. Um, he, you know, hangs around the parish, does his stuff, whatever. He gets vested, uh, the priest, he gets vested, and he's staying in the back of the church, getting ready for the procession. Um, and um, Desmond Tutu hasn't shown up. Mm-hmm. And so he's looking at his watch, and time is going on and on, and he's sort of, he's... He's he's wondering what's happened, so he's he gets a little worried actually, because you know Desmond Tutu's not a young man at this point. So he um, he goes into his office and he softly knocks on the door. And there's no reply. So he opens his door and he sees Desmond Tutu face down on the ground, his arms out. And he, at first his thought is, oh no, he's like collapsed. But then he realizes that he's laying in a deliberate kind of cruciform shape with his arms out like he's on a cross and he's face down on the ground. And he realizes he can hear kind of sound and he realizes he's praying. So the uh, so the rector goes over to Desmond Tutu and kind of nudges him gently. And Tutu looks at him and he says, um, he says, Bishop, I'm sorry to interrupt you. He says, um, it's, it's time. The service, the service needs to start. And Tutu looks at him and he says, he says, I'm having trouble. I'm having trouble forgiving someone. And I don't think that I should be celebrating the mass until I can bring myself to forgiveness. So you're going to have to give me some more time. And so the rector's like, okay, have all the time you want. <laughs> so he, uh, he let, you know, time passed and Tutu came downstairs and they had the church service and all that. Um, but the guy said, you know, that it, it dawned on him. I mean, this was, this was probably late 90s, early 2000s. And he said it dawned on him that, like, this is probably a guy from his apartheid days that Tutu still harbors, you know, occasionally, you know, that when he thinks there's still people that he thinks about them and he gets angry and he feels that he has to, you know, and he has to kind of renew forgiveness uh, from time to time. And that's the kind of stuff Desmond Tutu's talked about, that, you know, when it comes up, he has to do it because it's it it it, it's, it keeps him from being liberated. And so... I mean, I don't, I'm just share that story because, you know, I think that aside from, you know, what you've got going on mm-hmm. in general, I think that's the thing about that's one piece of forgiveness is that learning is that, you know, when we hold on to the wrongs to the thing to the people who have wronged us and the things that have happened to us, we we still allow those people to define us and define our actions. And so we're not really free. And. You know, as 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 a, as a Christian and as a priest, I'm interested in freedom and the freedom that's brought by Jesus. And so, learning to forgive brings that freedom. Mm-hmm. And so, that being said, JP, I hope you can I hope you can come to that place of forgiveness. <laughs> well, and after bow your head and close your eyes. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, l- let me ask you something, Chuck. Sure. Um, how how do you forgive somebody? I mean, I, I'm, I'm sure it's more than just approaching someone and saying, hey, I forgive you, and just deciding not to be mad about it. Like, because I think that, I think that if you are really wronged by somebody, like if someone really did something really terrible to you, um, it, it kind of would, it would have to require more than that, right? Like, it, it, it's, it's actually kind of like a, I don't know. Is there like a headspace you have to approach? Is there a, a mind? Is it a mindset that you have to put yourself in? Like, what if you just can't forget? Forget? Like, what if they, what they did to you was like kind of traumatizing? Well, um, I'll I'll share another story. 
Um, and I'll, I'm going to keep things vague intentionally. I think you know more details about the story, but for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to keep things kind of vague because okay. there are certain things that just have to be kind of confidential, I think, right now. But um, um, I have a I have someone really close to me, um, really close in my life, um, who was um, sexually abused by the pastor of my church growing up. Um, and, um, um, and I was also close to the pastor and the pastor's family. So this was something that it, it didn't necessarily hit me directly. Like it wasn't, I wasn't the one who was abused. This isn't like my version of like, Oh, I have a friend, you know, oh, like, right, no, yeah. it's like, it's actually someone I was actually close to. It was someone else in proximity, but somebody I'm, I'm very, very close to. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this experience hit me in a personal way. I mean, you know, it's secondhand, but it hit me too. Um, and I remember, so it was over a year after the event and I was still harboring a lot of bitterness toward the whole experience. And, um, so I was, I was out, I was out shopping and I had this overwhelming urge that I needed to go to this person's house largely because his youngest son um, was really sick and uh, this is someone I was very close to and I really wanted to visit his son. But I knew that if I was to visit the son who was living at home with the pastor, I was going to have to see the pastor. And so I showed up at the house. I tried to like kind of sneak around to see if I could, you know, if, if he, you know, I was trying to, anyway, he was outside watering the grass. So there was no hiding from the guy. Yeah. And I walked up to him and I, 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 I simply said, um, he, he said hi to me and because um, this is a thing he tried to cover up and stuff. It wasn't just like, oh, this bad thing happened. He, I mean, he tried to – he lied about it and covered it up to everyone really. Um, and um, and he came, anyway, I, I shook his hand and I said, I just want you to know I forgive you. And that was it. I just told him I forgave him. And from that point forward, I realized that I didn't have any enemies anymore. And that was a crazy feeling to feel like I don't have enemies. Um, and it's actually, I mean, it's a feeling that I'm, I'll be honest, I have to, I'm kind of have to get back into because I think about it now, I can think of two names that I'm having trouble forgiving people. And it's a really petty, stupid crap. It's nothing for like anything really serious. But I mean, in one sense, yeah, JP. So the answer to the question, in one sense, yeah, it is just simply, I forgive you. And then taking that statement seriously. And that statement is, your actions no longer have power over me. Um, but, you know, I, I, I approached the person and I forgave the person, you know, and that's, that's rare. That's not something that people generally get to, to experience. And in some cases, that's something that would be dangerous and, 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 and really, you know, it'd be, it, you know, I'm thinking of like, you know, someone who's been raped, you know, yeah. confronting some, you know, their assailant or something, yeah. you know, that's, that's a different scenario. But I, um, but I think in some ways you just have to, have to you know, you, you do have to create a headspace for it. You do. And it's and it's it's just a matter of I, don't, I mean, I, it, it's hard to put into words. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's it's just releasing yourself from that to, you know, that they no longer their their actions are no longer definitive to right. you. Um, and in some ways it becomes it's in, in some ways it's a rebellion thing. Because it's claiming ownership and power over your life and your and your situation. Yeah. So would you say it's sort of like kind of the same as being like apologetic 
about something, maybe kind of the flip side of being apologetic or something like you could, like if you did something to somebody in your past, you know, they never forgive you, but you do get to a point where like, I really shouldn't have done that. Yeah. I, I, I kind of see, I think what you're saying there. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. You, you've done something wrong to someone and you realize it years after the fact and like, you don't really have the means or whatever to like approach them and tell them that you're sorry. Yeah. But you kind of recognize, oh yeah, I did some, yeah, in a sense you're forgiving yourself. Right. Right. Yeah. Same kind of, it's a similar kind of thing. It's just, you're just directing it at a different person rather than yourself. Okay. Um, and yeah, I think there's a parallel. I think that's a, that's a, that's a, that is an apt parallel. Um, do you think there's sort of a connection or like a difference between like forgiveness and like grace? Uh, there's definitely a connection with forgiveness and grace. Yeah. Um, I, I've been saying for a long time that I think grace is one of the most radical concepts in our, in our world. I think it's one of the great, it's one of the, it's the great gift and the, and the, and to me, it's the great unique gift of the Christian faith. You know, many, uh, most, if not all other religions do not have a concept of grace like Christians do. Um, this idea that, um, that the consequences of your wrongdoing are not definitive and it's, you know, you're not doing anything to earn that. That's just, it's just there. That's, that's insane. That's insane. Because like, so if I'll get religious, you'll let me get a, a you know, a little, a little religious topic here, um, JP. It's fine. But it's like, I mean, think about like every other religion in the world is all about trying to earn salvation, right? I mean, it's all about trying to do X, Y, and Z in order to achieve salvation. So whether it's following a list of rules or subscribing to a list of things or, or practices or whatever, like that's sort of what everyone is trying to do. Everyone is trying to do the thing that's going to save them, whether it's they understand that as deliverance from hell in an after, in the afterlife or, um, um, reincarnating into a higher being or achieving, you know, oneness with all, whatever, however you want to define it. That's sort of what everyone's trying to do. The Christian faith is one that comes along and says, yeah, that's already done for you. Mm-hmm. Like, the, the, the cross means that that's done. You don't have to achieve that anymore. Now you just get to live your life as though that's achieved, you know, an achievement unlocked to use video game language. I mean, that's, that's, I mean, that's seriously what it is. Uh, and, and so grace is, grace is, it, it's scandalous and crazy because it goes against our religious impulses or a lot of our religious impulses. But, um, but I also think grace is, is radical because, um, and this, and this, I guess is possible part of why well, something I want to talk about is, I look at the culture that we live in with social media and everything and like no one will let you forgive something that you've done wrong. Right. Like, I mean, case in point is, um, for me is, is looking at what happened with Devin Faraci, the film critic, uh, birth movies, death. Yeah. Here's somebody who did something monstrous bad in his past. Right. I mean, some, you know, and, and had some un, some, some really like, un, like non dealt with demons in his past. And he hit to someone who just kind of, from what I can gather from the situation, just sort of just moved on rather than dealing with the stuff. 
mm-hmm. you know, and that caught up with him and he was confronted with some stuff that he should have dealt with in a, you know, in the past in different ways. And it, 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 you know, obviously got him removed from birth movies, death as editor. It, it's had a negative impact on his, on, uh, on his career. Um, but like looking at him on Instagram, it looks like it was the catalyst for some really positive changes in his life. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> following his Instagram has actually been really interesting. Yeah, because I mean, he's like, what? He's a Buddhist now. Um, he seems to have found some peace through meditation. He's, you know, I think he's quit drinking. I mean, it's like a lot of things that have been good for him. Um, and it's and it's one of those things. Like, I look at that, and I'm like, this is awesome. Like, this is this is a success a, a success story of somebody who is, who whose demons, you know, they hit a bottom. Their demons were laid bare, and they were forced to confront them, and they did. Right. But then, like, whenever his name is bandied about, there's always someone in, like comments and stuff like that, who will talk about like that he was, you know, they'll bring back this monstrous thing that he did. Right. And it's like, suddenly he's, he's a pariah and we can't talk about him anymore. We live in a culture now where even if, and this is the thing that's, that, that scares me, is that even if you take the steps to try to do the right thing, you admit your wrongdoing. In a lot of cases, there are people who are still going to hold it up in front of you the run wrong thing you did because without, with the internet, it lasts forever. And grace is insane, like insane, um, countercultural in that regard. Well, there's that, that one famous story, um, about the girl who tweeted something about going to, she was, she's going to Africa. Right. And said something about, uh, I forgot what it was like, I hope I don't get AIDS or whatever. I'm white. She, and then she hope I'm not going to get AIDS. LOL. JK. I'm white. Yeah. And then like, it, like she like can't even like get a job now apparently <laughs> because of right. it. Like, right. And that, that's like one of those things like, man, like she was trying to make a stupid edgy joke and what a horrible time to do it. And like, that's like, that story's fascinating because like she tweeted it just before she got on the plane. Yeah. She had this like 10 hour flight. And then when she landed in Africa, she found out that like her job was gone, like all of this stuff happened. And like even someone on the plane was able to figure out that he was on the plane with her. Wow. And identify is crazy. But yeah, like that kind of thing. Like, yeah, what she did was wrong. What she did was stupid and offensive. Right. Did it warrant her loot like her entire life being ended because of it? I don't know. Yeah. You know, I mean that's and that's also actually part of um part of like the justice ethics of like the Jewish and Christian faiths about like, you know, proportionality that like punishment should be proportional to the, to the crime. Mm-hmm. And I think we've, you know, to me, there's a grace in that and we've lost that in our society. But, um, but right. yeah, dude, like I, so that's why I think grace is radical. Um, and even more so now, um, because, you know, we don't like it. We want to see punishment. We're out for blood in a lot of cases and it's messed up. What do you like, think that comes from like this, the, the idea of, um, getting getting back at somebody like do you, is it sort of like a uh, is it a western thing like just the idea of um i'm not gonna let this person get away with it you know it's gonna kind of drive my 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 soul you know i mean it's it's sin and pride i mean really what it comes down to but like it's it's also yeah i think part of the narrative of our yeah revenge i mean come on man we love the movie taken we love yeah. John. We love John Wick. Oh yeah, he's a revenge. Kill Bill. <laughs> there, it scratches an itch. We love it. We love the idea of revenge. Um, Count to Monte Cristo. You know, like, yeah. um, or um, 
I mean, Batman for crying out loud. Right. Yeah. I mean, which is also kind of a story like why revenge is bad. Yeah. I mean, cause yeah, Batman is completely consumed by, by that. Right. Um, and, um, and plus it's, yeah. So I think, I think on one hand it's, it's for us, it's, you know, it's mythology and all of our heroes are in a sense, vengeful people. I mean, mm-hmm. the, pop, the, the Avengers, <laughs> yeah, I'm saying like the most popular superhero franchise of all time in movies is called the Avengers, which, you know, the Revengers, but it's still concept. Right. You know? yeah, yeah. So one of the things we have to deal with here at St. Andrew's school is we have this and a lot of schools, I shouldn't, I shouldn't say only the St. Andrew's school, like lots of schools in Florida have this. I don't know if you ever experienced this JP, but we have to, schools have to have lightning alarms. Okay. That's... So lightning strikes within eight miles of a school campus and alarm goes off to let you know that there is lightning in the area and that you have to seek shelter. The reason for this is is kids have been struck by lightning at, at, in Florida schools while being outside, and their parents have sued the school for not providing an, some kind of adequate system huh. to protect their kids. Like, so you have someone has to be to blame. It can't just be this crappy situation happened. Yeah. Someone has to be. Someone has to blame. I mean, like literally, like. You know, in like insurance world, you talk about things that they call acts of God. Like getting struck by lightning to me is act of God, and you're still going to try to find someone to blame. Like that's that that's our that's our that's that's our society now. And so yeah, so we you know we you know that I mean we want to you know plus we live in a world that we want to say that you know anything wrong we do is not our fault; it's someone else's fault. And so we can you know so it does it, it in some ways it kind of takes any kind of burden off our shoulders unless it's to place it on someone else. And so that we're always a victim, right? Do you think do you think forgiveness like maybe there's such an aversion to it uh, because um, it kind of makes you like or at least. For me, I think it kind of makes me feel vulnerable a little. Like we've talked about how to forgive and the steps to to, pro, to, to that you approach to to do that. What is expected of you once you are forgiven? You know, because I think the reason why people, because you 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 talked about earlier, like how for some people see forgiveness as like just being let off the hook. And there's people on the other side who probably see it that way. Oh, they forgive me, I'm off the hook. Right. And it's like, oh, I've like opened up this doorway where this person can like do whatever they want now. And they think I'm just going to do it again. Let them off the hook again. So like, well, what do you what is what is expected from someone that has been forgiven? Yeah, that's a good question. I mean, there's the, the, part of it, I think, is, is is found in the name. I mean, you know, there the gift, the concept of gift is in forgiven. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's a giving involved in that. Um, you're giving, you know, forgiveness. So there is a there is a sense that when you've been forgiven, you know, we use I mean, it's again, we use gift exchange language. I am accepting forgiveness Um, that. Yeah, there is a there is an obligation on your part. You know, you live with that forgiveness. That means you, you you know, I mean, the first thing is, is that the first is don't repeat your action. Right. Of course. Like then that's your first obligation is is you don't repeat your action. Um you know, you learn, you, you try to be better. I mean, I think, I think part of it for me is there's, there's a, there's a humility that comes with it, especially looking at the fact that what the alternative could be, the alternative of forgiveness that, 
you know, the greater the greater the greater act of, the greater your act of evil, the more power forgiveness has with it, right? You know, you get forgive a bigger act of evil, the, the forgiveness is greater, and so it means more. And so, like, there there comes an I don't know there comes a, a place where you have to demonstrate, I think, in proportion to your action, what what the forgiveness means to you. Right. I mean, the case in point, like we can talk about, we can talk about, you know, things like, Oh, guy cut me off in traffic. I flipped him off, you know, but then I, you know, or like something I've done, I've, I've tried to make, I've tried to make seeking forgiveness an important part of my life. So like anytime that I've, you know, my temper, I've got a short temper sometimes. Yeah. Um, anytime that I've ever mouthed off to someone like, I don't know, airport security. Cause I've done that numerous times, like <laughs> late for a flight, they, you know, whatever I've, I've chewed out security over things. I, I've always tried to make it a point to go back to those people and apologize to them and tell them like, you didn't deserve that, you know, kind of stuff. Um, you know, so we can talk about that. That's, that's simple. If like Osama bin Laden hadn't died and let's say he had like a dramatic conversion experience right. and he suddenly issues a video saying like, I've perpetuated a ton of evil. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. Like what does forgiveness look like in that situation? You know, and what, and then furthermore, what does his accepting forgiveness look like? I mean, that's, you know, I mean, that's something all you can do is really sort of think about it and fan, you know, it's, it's sort of a, a fanciful thing. Right. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, you know, I, 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 in a way I also think about, I know South Park did a great episode on this with that episode, um, where Randy, um, where Andy, Randy says the N word. Oh, yeah. While playing Wheel of Fortune. And so he goes on this big apology tour trying to do these more and more elaborate apologies to 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 try to prove to the black community that he's not a racist. Like yeah. I, I think about that kind of stuff because you you do see that sometimes. Mm-hmm. You know, where somebody says something stupid and then they keep, you know, going over and above trying to prove how sorry they are. Um, you know, Michael Richards, the guy who played Kramer, I think he did some of that. Yeah. Like he just kept talking about it. And there was a, it came a point where it's like, all right, dude, like just say you're sorry and move on. Right. I mean, yeah, there's actually supposed to be uh the, cause he was, he was on Seinfeld's latest, his, his new show that getting coffee with comedians or cars or whatever. Yeah. I heard that that was actually a really good one. Cause he did one with uh, Michael Richards and I haven't seen it personally, but I think it's worth looking up just, <clears> to, just to watch, see what happens. Yeah. I mean, it, you know, so you, you know, but I, I just think of like, it, it's a fine line that we, that we sort of walk and there comes a point where, you know, I sometimes think that for some people seeking forgiveness is, it moves away from just, it moves from just trying to like be forgiven mm-hmm. and somehow trying to like avoid the consequences. Cause I think that's the other piece is that forgiveness doesn't necessarily mean that consequences go away. Right. You know, um, yeah, like, like, like you were talking about Devin Farachi earlier. Yeah. Like, like I, I think it was the right thing for him to do to, to step down from birth movie stuff. And oh, you know, totally. Yeah, he did. Um, yeah. and uh, he did the right thing and he had to, you know, he did, you know, and I, and I'm, and I think like, I think he's demonstrating what ought to be done. I mean, I think that the, I'm sure that the, for the, I mean, I'm sure that there's a lot of people that he's hurt that you know, are, are hurt by his actions that ha- that have forgiven him. And he's just sort of living his life, you know, I mean, that's, and that's all you can do at that point. Right. And except the fact that, you know, it, 
you know, it's going to take some time for him to build up trust with people in order to do certain things. I mean, because those are the consequences of your actions. You just have to accept that you have to accept the consequences of what you've done. Right. Um, you know, I'll tell you one that gets me, JP, and you, I have a feeling you might agree with me on this. And that is Mel Gibson. <laughs> oh, boy. Because uh, maybe maybe you don't. I don't know. But I, I sort of feel like I feel like Mel Gibson. Like, I, I, I guess I'm bothered by the fact that there are people who are mad that Mel Gibson has sort of been giving a second chance. Like Lena Dunham and others have like made a big deal about, you know, Mel Gibson clearly has his problems. Right. And I it seems to me that he is he dropped off. He dropped off the radar for several years. Mm-hmm. And I think he. You know, there's evidence that he's tried to focus on fixing his issues. So does that, but does that mean that he never gets to have a career again? Because I don't think it means he never gets to have a career again, but I do think it means, um, well, it's like, it's like Devin Faraci. I don't think he can ever come back to birth movies death. Right. But now he's writing reviews like on his own and stuff. And that's fine. <clears throat> uh, you know, if, if, if he comes back into the public limelight it'll be because people wanted him to and i feel the same way about mo gibson i think i think it's weird if he gets reinserted back into the system um i don't know what he's supposed to do <laughs> that's not my job but like i don't know it, it, I, I don't know i think there's there's other ways for him to kind of gain people's trust back and stuff i i don't think um just reinstating him back into the studios and then, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if that's the right thing to do or not. It's, that does seem kind of weird to me that he can just, like, have his old job back without something being different. Does yeah, that make I mean, any sense? I, 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 mean, I mean, there's there's still something different. I mean, obviously, like, there is a cloud over everything the man makes, Right. Because of it, but like, I mean, but but it's not like he worked at like, it's not like he he worked at like as like a manager of Office Depot and like like went on like a racist sexist tirade with a bunch of employees and then like a year later he's back at being the manager of the same Office Depot. I mean, he's right. you know his a directorial job is different. I mean, that's what he, it's his career. It's what he does. It's only, I mean, so that, I guess that's, I mean, yeah, he could never work again and live fine off of residuals and stuff like that. Right. So he doesn't have to work. Um, I don't know. I just think there's, I just, I I don't know. I, 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 me, me personally, uh, I just think that there needs to be more, I don't know, more effort, I guess. Um, not just for like him, but more effort to like gain trust back from people, I guess. And I don't, I don't really know what that looks like. Like I said, I'm not, a, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, I just, I, I guess my bigger issue with it is the sort of knee jerk thing that I see in like comments, like, on, like in comment sections, you know, you should never read the comments, but I, I do anyway. Yeah. Um, like the knee jerk thing that I see where it's just like instantly like, he like like basically the sentiment is he should never be allowed to work in Hollywood again. Right. Like he should never have like he should like he's just done. And that that bothers me because 
So is that is that how we see the world? Somebody makes a mistake, maybe big mistakes. I won't doubt. I won't deny that. But now they're disposable. We just throw them away because they because they they said the wrong words. I mean, you know, like that's not healthy. That's not a healthy society. Mm-hmm. You know, like and I like I've I've. I don't I, I I don't know if I've said this or, or, or I guess I have I'm pretty sure I've said this on the podcast before but like I am I am less interested in us impeaching Donald Trump as I am seeing Donald Trump completely change as a human being like that to me like seeing transformation to me is much more exciting than just getting rid of the guy right and um and so like I don't I mean I don't know if that if, if I'm high roading in that regard but I just think that that I don't know. Just it's just revenge and disposability is is boring to me. It's it's lazy. It's easy. That's the easy thing to do is to just cut people off and push them out. It's much harder to like work with people and try to integrate them into you know into a world. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. I, so I know like, what you mean. I mean they they make for better stories too. Like I we've right. talked about like shows and movies that have embrace the idea of a of a character being forgiven yeah redeemed yeah we talked about redemption redeemed, yeah you know like spike and buffy and we talked about jason statham and fast and furious which <laughs> people are still kind of upset about but i have a feeling they have more tricks up in the sleeves for that um but you know who who i think of a lot chuck when it comes to forgiveness especially self-forgiveness and that we've all have collectively overwhelmingly forgiven and probably deservedly so because we all love him Robert Downey Jr. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think there's anybody who has hit rock bottom like he has, <laughs> like who's working today in like the same capacity he has, and then like picked himself back up. And now, like, we all love him and he's making Marvel billions of dollars. Right. And he's like, and he's like, he's a bigger celebrity than he was before. Ever was. And he's, he's, he's actually Hollywood royalty too. Like, his dad was a very famous director. <clears throat> right. And he was kind of a, kind of a brat in the 80s you know he just he's he was known for being the party boy doing coke going to parties and stuff and and then like he woke up in some dude's house <laughs> and, then, and ended up going to jail and like robert Downey jr was like a joke like a massive joke and then uh you know he made a movie he made kiss kiss bang bang which was really well received and then went from there to iron man and ever since he's become iron man he is we he is he is he is our iron man like yes he, and you know who and you know who is instrumental in getting him back into the good graces of everyone who would that be chuck mel gibson really i didn't know that you didn't know that no yeah mel gibson vouched for him for kiss kiss bang bang with shane black right with shane black yeah 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 mel gibson vouched for him really yeah and so robert downey jr has been trying to do the same for mel Interesting. He said that. I'm surprised you haven't read about that. Yeah, no, Mel, no, uh, no, no. yeah. Robert Downey Jr. has said that it. You know that he says. You know he says that Mel Gibson went to bat for me and helped me. When, you know when nobody would touch me. Right. Mel Gibson went to bat. Went to bat for me and helped. You know convince people to take some chances on me with Kisses, Bing Bang, and then I guess also Iron Man. And so um, his career resurrected because of Mel Gibson helping him. And he said and so. Now he wants to return the favor and try to get Mel back. Yeah. It's interesting. I, I mean, I, I love Robert Downey Jr. Like he's, he's been like, uh, these past few years is kind of like, you know, I don't know, kind of a, I don't want to say role model. That's so cheesy, but I don't know. Uh, you look at him and it's like, 
I I learn I like I I think more about self forgiveness when I think about Robert Downey Jr. and how and yeah that is and where that can take you. Yeah, and I mean, and and honestly, self forgiveness is probably more difficult than just forgiveness in general. Yeah. Um, you know, because we all have that stuff. We all, you know, it's. I mean, it, it, it's a bit of a meme, you know, that you try to go to bed and your brain makes you think of stupid crap that you did when you were a teenager, or you know, like all your regrets and other things. And like, you know, forgiving your, being able to forgive yourself for being flawed, that's a tough thing for people. Right. I know it's hard for me, you know. I mean, I think, you know, I've, I've, you know, I've, I've. That's been probably my biggest struggle, is learning to forgive myself for. You almost have to kind of do it on a day to day basis, right? Because like you, you just you forget. And you just start yeah. beating yourself up because it's it's so habitual, <laughs> you know. You have to keep. Yeah, and it. that and that's where grace comes in because you have to be gracious with yourself and recognize that like all of this crap isn't going to just go away instantly. You're not going to find the magic pill that's just going to make forget. It's going to make this all just stop. You're just going to be in this magical place of like wholeness and stillness. You know, you're just gonna. Yeah. You know, you 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 know, it'll. Like, I mean, I'm in a place like now where occasionally a thought I'll, like, I'll think back to something and I no longer feel the regret feelings. And I think back and I'm like, wow, like that used to consume my thought. That, used to, that was consuming my thinking for like a month, mm-hmm. you know, and it was something that happened like six years before, um, seven years before. And now it's like, oh, I'm past that. Okay. Right. You know, and it's, and it's, you know, it's, and it, it's dumb things. That's really my, I guess my, my biggest thing is cause I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a perfectionist. Okay. So like, or actually I have perfectionist tendencies, even though like I have a filthy office and all that stuff. But anyway, um, it's, uh, I, I like to try to do the right thing the first time. I don't like repeating myself. And, um, and so like, I, so I, you know, I've, I have a hard time forgiving myself for having just made mistakes. Right. And, you know, so that's, that's the kind of, that's the kind of crap that I deal with. Um, you know, that's, that's more difficult for me to deal with than like forgiving somebody who's like abused a loved one. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I just got to say JP. Yep. I, I have to ask for forgiveness for something. Okay. There's a thing that I have, that I have, I have made a couple of jokes about on this podcast. Okay. Um, it's not Calvinism. (laughs) Um, they, they know because I, they know if I'm predestined to forgive or not. Um, but no, I have to, I, so two weeks, two weeks in a row, I believe on this podcast, I made some digs at a movie trailer about a movie called geo geo storm. Okay. Because the trailer that ran before wonder woman was one of the stupidest, absurd things that I've ever seen. With a somber rendition of "What a Wonderful World," yeah, it was garbage. It looked like it looked like the trailer of a movie they would make in a movie to make fun of genre movies, right? And then today, today a new trailer for Geostorm came out, oh, really? and I couldn't resist the temptation. And I have to say, now that I know what the movie is about. I need to ask Geostorm's forgiveness <laughs> because had I known that you were actually a movie about terrorists taking over a weather, a weather satellite grid that allows you to control the weather and that 
you have to kidnap the president in order to gain access to the computer code in order to save the world from a global storm, I would not have made fun of you because it looks ridiculous and stupid in all the right ways. And I will probably be there on opening night. Wow. So to say, yeah. That, that yeah. must have been really tough, man. I also have to say that it's taken a lot. It's taken a lot to not call it GeoCities. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what about out. you, JP? Do you have Do you have anyone that you need to forgive? Ugh. You know, actually, you know, you know, you know who you might need to forgive. Who? Someone who's hurt you very deeply. Oh, that's right, Matt Wells. Oh, oh no! I was going to talk. I was going to talk about Tom Cruise and the Mummy, but <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I mean, I, I do forgive you, Matt, for not being here. But was to be honest, JP, was the person that you're having trouble forgiving? Was it the mummy? It was. The was mummy. it the mummy with Tom Cruise? It 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 really hurt you. I mean, it really. You, let me tell you who I need to forgive. You. And and I'm I'm working my way up the list. I need to forgive. <laughs> I need to forgive Tom Cruise. I need to forgive Jake Johnson. Sadly, Ugh, that's going to be hard. Uh, I need to forgive Universal Studios for letting this whole thing happen. I need to forgive Alex Kurtzman. I need to forgive Kathleen Kennedy. I need to forgive uh, Lawrence Kasdan and everyone who works at Lucasfilm who supported the firing of Lord and Miller. By the way, I like that you, you, you say nothing about forgiving Sophia Butella because she was a victim in all of this. <laughs> she is a victim. She doesn't – she's – she deserves an apology. Yes. Like and – I, and I hope she gets it. <laughs> I pray that she does. <laughs> I, I, I forgive you, the mummy. I do. <laughs> the bottom of my heart, I forgive you. I have to because you're my fandom, and I, I need to move on. I need to move on. I need closure. Kathleen Kennedy is going to be a bit more difficult. I need to wait to see the movie. That's all. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> For those who don't know, um, JP is referring to uh, the Han Solo um, Star Wars standalone movie. Um, had some drama a couple weeks ago when the directors Phil Lord and Chris Miller, Chris Miller, um, Lord and Miller, um, um, were, um, unceremoniously let go with only like three weeks left of principal shooting and yeah. all kinds of stuff have come out since then. And bull it's, crap. Just, it's, it, it's, it's bull a very, crap. it's a very curious incident. So and it's raised lots of questions around, uh, producers versus directors and who, and the auteur theory, the auteur theory is in danger. Right now, death of the author is happening. I'm sorry, not liking it. I triggered. I triggered JP. I'm sorry. (laughs) Triggered moderator. (laughs) (laughs) Well, uh, Chuck, is there anything else you you want to say about uh, freaking some last thoughts? Maybe some some Jerry Springer style last thoughts or moments. Uh, I I think what we all need to do. Um, meditation is great, by the way. I think everyone needs to meditate. Because that's what I going to say is we need to find time. Everyone needs to take some time and sit in silence and think about the people who've hurt them and try to and try to forgive them um, just in private. Um, release, your, release yourself from them um, because your happiness is in a lot of ways – this is going to sound like Joel Osteen self – to help crap, but your, your happiness is in, 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 in a lot of cases, you know, aside from like clinical issues, but like in many cases, your happiness is in your control. Um, I mean, obviously if you have like, you know, clinical depression, that's a whole other story, but, um, but in a lot of ways, your happiness, your joy, which is deeper than happiness 
is in your control. And so you have it within you to release the people who rob you of that. That is, that is, that is, you have that ability. Um, and if you're having trouble, pray and ask our Lord Jesus Christ to show you how to forgive people. And I say that completely sincerely, even though I know it sounds cheesy and it sounds like an altar call on a Christian radio station, but I do actually mean that. So, and, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with baby steps. That true. Yes. Have grace with yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, going to someone's house and approaching them and telling them that you forgive them is a totally radical thing to do that I have never done before. Um, <laughs> you definitely do not have to do that right now, but, right. Uh, right. Just start with entertaining the idea of, could I forgive this person? Nothing yeah. wrong with baby steps. Nothing wrong with baby steps. So, all right. Well, father Chuck, thank you for joining me. You're welcome. You know, I, I like joining you unlike some people on this podcast. <laughs> And uh, audiences, thank you so much for listening. Uh, join us next week. Have a wonderful week. And uh, go see Spider-Man and Baby Driver. Let me know if they're pretty good. Yes, let us know. Really let us know. I really want to see them. So I hope I see them. Have a great week and good journey. Good journey. It's like a dream to be with you again. Can't You are forgiven. You are forgiven.